Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taco Dog, joined by the legendary professor, Jet Force Gemini. I feel like we haven't varied that part of the episode enough that I feel like we need to clue people in that this is, in fact, a different episode than maybe one that they just listened to. You know, honestly, you're not wrong. And at this point, with the amount of times I've changed the intro after that, it's fun to keep at least a good, strong foundation. There might be something new next week. Who knows? <laughs> if you're new around here, welcome. We are a Pokemon Go PvP-centered podcast that focuses primarily on... Oh, shoot, that's a good question. It is shutdown day as well. Pokemon Go PvP podcast. We and focus the... <laughs> on nothing. <laughs> we focus on play Pokemon stuff and when it, and the, the newest iteration, maybe some Project Zygarde or the newly formed Battle Frontier. We'll have stuff er, later. Team team <laughs> team formats, guys. Team-based PvP, that's the one. If you're not new around here, you know the drill. <laughs> we're strapped in, we're ready to go. What's, so, what's new in the world this week? In the world of Pokemon Go, Niantic, and this just came hot off the presses today, I guess it's one of the good things about recording a day late. We can actually get the news out on time, maybe. Niantic has decided that due to Pokemon Go Fest, and it's kind of in line with like their normal rollouts, they have increased the Pokemon and item storage, which I believe Pokemon storage is 6650 now because they added 500 slots, and item storage is about a thousand less than that, give or take about 50. Unfortunately, we have to say goodbye to the Self Arena. As it is August 1st at the time of recording, they were going to shut down and cease operations by then. And finally, the Battle Frontier has hit their, has expanded and hit their cap of 48 teams. All captains have until August the 21st to make changes to their final roster, as that is what you are going to be stuck with for when everything kicks off the week of September the 4th. That's all like the biggest news before we start diving into some sections. But did, Jet, did did you get enough shiny polywags? Oh yeah, we had the community day too. I got enough to field a team, enough to field a great league and ultra league team, and they're sitting at their evolved forms. They have not been powered up yet because I refuse to go under a million stardust. Well, until you actually need it, it makes makes sense not to go too far. Correct. What about you? Yeah, we, we had a good time. I just, I felt like this was the most people I've seen out for an event in a while that were very obviously out playing Pokemon Go, but it was just like, <laughs> we kept running into like singular people that would ask us if we were playing and would like follow along with us for a little while. It was just, it was interesting. It was like, I think we're only approachable because there's a couple women with us but you know apart from that <laughs> that's how they get you <laughs> well i will say i missed about half of community day because i was at the pre-release for obsidian flames the newest pokemon trading card game i promise guys we're not a pokemon trading card game podcast not yet <laughs> all jokes aside so i was there i got to open some of the booster packs especially on stream and like play around with it a little bit I had a lot of fun, and then I also realized that I should stick to Pokemon Go. But I had my little brother play for me, 
He played for about 30 minutes, came back inside and said, I'm cutting you off. You have more shinies than me. I said, it's only been 30 minutes. He goes, I know I have one. You have 12. And then at the end of community day, he goes, oh, look, I have more shinies than you. He has like cut you off. Yeah, I was like, well, when you cut someone off for about an hour, you tend to do that. So that was the the, not, the fun, not fun. And he still hasn't picked up his uniform that I made for him. That guy. Yeah, like I have, like, if, Burrito Cat, if you're listening, come, you dropped off my suits and you didn't take your present home. Take it. Uh, uh, the one fun bug that I had, like the not fun bug, was that routes still doesn't work for me and at least one of the other people that I was playing with, but... And I wouldn't necessarily call this a fun bug either, but the <laughs> the showcases on Polywag Community Day were showing up for me as Polytoad and Polyrath, and then not letting me enter them. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So it was it was interesting, just like that where I would catch a Polywag and would be like, "Oh, you can enter a nearby showcase," and then it's it would go through a string of error messages about just kidding you cannot do that <laughs> um, so yeah just you know all their features are working perfectly <laughs> perfectly balanced as all things should be nonetheless <laughs> yeah yeah but and it was it was just like an entertaining thing right like i don't i don't i don't need to win every showcase but it was just like let me enter my polytoad into the polywag contest please i just want to win <laughs> It's definitely going to be heavier, let me tell you what. Well, the good thing is, or at my end is some people who were doing routes, they they mapped out a community day route, but they gave it the wrong, they gave it the Pokemon, they called it Pokemon Community Classic. I guess they forgot the word day in it. Mm. And, and everyone was just walking that same route over and over and over, hoping to get some Zygarde cells. We didn't get any. Mm-hmm. I assume that was Zygarde cells. Uh, it cut out for a second. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was for the nobody got Zygarde cells, sadly. And to be quite honest, I'm at this point, it's kind of a myth. Yeah. Well, and for some like me who can't even play routes, still like yeah, they they're totally a myth. They don't exist. Yeah, you're you're not wrong there. So, with with that being said, though, Niantic is full of great and pleasant surprises and i actually just added this next section in there we have the new community day to look forward to Froakie, the frog pokemon and the only reason why i'm excited about it is because we get three times stardust and i have a giant lofty goal to get over two million for the first time in my pokemon go career and before you all start laughing at me like i know you are right now I, it's very hard for me to get stardust because as soon as i have enough to build something i build it Never, never hold on to it. We we have a few teammates who uh, subscribe to that that very same style of play. But we also have teammates that they have built their one thing. They built their one thing early on and have just been slowly or not yeah, pretty much slowly accumulating dust. And that's fine, I guess. But <laughs> so much to invest in these days. Right, and with. I think with uh, Froakie Community Day, with starters, they're giving them their signature moves. So Froakie is getting the fast move, Water Shuriken. I don't know how it, good it is. It is fun that they're finally implementing like a signature move as a fast move. Like, imagine if Blaze Kick was a fast move. It could have been slightly more interesting. It could have been a counter clone, just fire type. 
Some 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 muddy water fast move. <laughs> Actually, was muddy water a signature move for Swampert? It got added at the same time, so I feel like they treated it that way. Now I kind of want to look that up. <laughs> but yeah, so that is, yep, it was the signature move of. You were correct. Yep. And then I guess the one other like upcoming thing for August that's pretty cool, unless they like nerf it before it actually comes out, is Geomancy. Oh, that's true. How are that is the. I think that's the second status-inducing move that has been added to the game, or excuse me, stat-boosting move. Yeah, well, and it's and it's just like, at at least it'll be making Xerneas into a, like a functional fairy type finally. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know this was like I think this was one of like the very early things that we talked about just because the move pool for what they could even give. Xerneas to make it have a very fast move was kind of non-existent unless they repurpose something they've already added. So this was the the easiest version of that. Right. And it kind of makes you wonder, the only real thing that we have for like Geomancy in the main series games has you boost, I think it's special attack and special defense drastically. I think it's like two or three stages, two stages. Yeah. But you, I think, you t- and it's, it's also speed. But... Okay. It takes two turns, so... So it's like, the... Of course, you have to throw speed out, so the only move that kind of... Or the only moves that kind of fit that mold is, like, Ancient Power and Ominous Wind, which kind of begs the question, like, do you give it the damage of... Damage and energy cost of Ancient Power Ominous Wind, but guarantee the boost? Or do you already make a, a weak move, like Ominous Wind and Ancient Power, weaker... In order to give Geomancy its boost. I don't know why you're talking about it like it'll be a charge move. Because it's a fast it's, it's a fast move. Oh, it is fast it's fast move? Yeah. Oh, I, I haven't read anything on <laughs> I just <laughs> well, oh, that's okay. I should have been more specific then. So yeah, it's cool because it's getting a fairy fast move, so you can use it like as a fairy type, because before it's only fast move that was usable was tackle so oh. now, you can, now you can actually use it like as a raid mon and stuff okay see that makes a lot more sense okay so bear with me every and please correct me if i'm wrong jet but every single time we've gotten a legendary with a signature move it has always been a charge i don't think that there's well no that's a lie there was a zapdos that got access to thundershock but that was years ago because it usually it's only locked to getting charge beam. But my point still stands. Usually when we get a legendary with a with like a signature move, it's always been a charge move. Yeah, well, but that's what that's that's what makes this one interesting is because what it needed was the very fast move, and I'm glad that they went that direction with it. I wonder what the stats on it are going to look like. Well, and and that was that was what I was alluding to is right now they're set to pre-nerf rollout values so we'll we'll see what they actually end up being when they come out but looking good for now okay watch to be a fairy lock on clone i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding terrifying it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a pre-rollout clone it's gonna take rollout does is a four turn fast move right three three i don't know where i was getting four then okay so it's a three turn fast watch it give like 30 energy or excuse me 15 energy per geomancy I need to stop. That would just, just be a lot. I just hope that 
Like the 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 one way it could really go wrong is if they give it too crazy of an animation, like the original Elemental Fangs, because <laughs> like Geomancy is is kind of a, a sparkly little move in the main series. So I hope I hope there's like some kind of happy medium with yes, this is definitely Geomancy, but how do you turn it into an attack? Also, is is like the the other the other uh, unknown because it's just like normally it's just like a pillar of light around Xerneas but that wouldn't be an attack oh well, Xerneas it's still like instead of like Xerneas kind of like doing that headbutt animation you just give Xerneas a new animation where he stomps his his, his little his little legs into the ground like when he uses Geomets he's just like yeah just attacking the ground you know yeah the other one I, I've forgotten what the um, relevant comparison was for Oblivion Wing. That one is a charge move. Oh. I can go see if it's um, close by on one of these chats. <laughs> I'm pulling it up because, of course, I am. So, so far, Oblivion Wing is the flying charge move. Okay. It it's is a flying 80- move. I always thought Oblivion Wing was a dark type move because of Yveltal's like evil looking aura thing. But it's a it's gonna be eighty five base power, fifty cost fifty energy. Oh, Crab Hammer was the move that it is a copy of currently. And we all of course because we all have Crab Hammer Pokemon that are that are re used religiously in the Go Battle League. It's a good move. The that's that's and it's and it's good moves for both Pokemon. Like it gives them what they need, which Niantic does not always do. So happy on both fronts about that. But okay, so I got a question. Yeah. How so doesn't Oblivion Wing in I could be mixing it up with a different move, but doesn't Oblivion Wing in the main series games have the option to restore HP when you I mean, use it, does, it? It doesn't it doesn't give you the option. Like it, it oh, does, sorry. It does, it does, it does restore, restore it, HP. It does restore his HP. Okay. So then I'm like, how are Yeah it's a it's it's like the the drain moves basically okay so then here i don't see anything where it says like you can you know raise defense on this so i'm wondering if they just like omitted that completely so far no but if that means that it gets to stay a better move like i'm i'm okay with that if you'll excuse me i have to go buy some more passes to raid yveltal i mean you have until the end of the month since that one is now still several away because you know, for some reason we have Cresselia again, and we have another another raid day of Regidrago that is useless. Hey, now perfect, what... perfect counterpoint to these <laughs> two move additions, the Regis that they've they added for two weeks each. It's just like why? Anyway, we we actually have battles <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> Well, you're getting a little ahead of me there because we have to talk about play Pokemon because we're still we're still talking about news and stuff. Yeah, well, not not <laughs> being stuck on the news is still good. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what if they just gave? <laughs> what if they just gave Reggie Drago Dragon Energy? I still don't think it'd be good. I mean, it'd be a Hyper Beam clone because that's essentially what it is. <laughs> it, it has it has bite. Right, as it's fast move, it does. Yep. It has no options. It has, yeah, bite. Well, no, vice grip is a charge move. It, give it dragon breath or something. Like, come on, or even like dragon dance. I do that. Well, yeah, I literally cannot learn any other fast moves. Because so <laughs> kind of focus energy hasn't been added to the game yet. 
yeah, focus energy and explosion and hammer arm haven't been added to the game. I think Thrash has, but yeah, like you said. <laughs> we do have to move into the Play Pokemon segment because we have some great news. And I think anything from TPCI at this point is going to be considered good news until like, unless they pull a Korean Nationals and disqualify everybody. Yeah, well, that was special. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is if, like, if four Pokemon Go players who made it to the highest level all brought Wobbuffet, what's stopping people from doing that? I probably oh, shouldn't. That would be a very different situation. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad with that we have an LA regional. Right. So, yes, Jet, as Jet previously pointed out, we have new regional sites that have been announced. And no, I'm not going to get into like the dates of it i will simply link the article i will simply link the article down downstairs in the show notes or the show description if you're on spotify <laughs> in the I <laughs> put it in the basement just shoot yeah. shoot where uh, where all the other links go to die our our twitter account has also linked the regional list so you can check it there as well or i guess it's called x now no i'm calling it twitter f that and so i'm excited because I now have a date in mind that maybe I can go to more regionals and travel because for sure I'm going to Peoria and Pittsburgh. Milwaukee has still not been announced yet, so that's a little concerning, but I'm not giving up hope yet. And then yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't treat this list as finalized. Like this is just solid additions to the very bare bones ones that they announced a couple weeks back. Right. I think they'll release more as like afterworlds we'll get some more and then you know if those end up selling out they can always add they can always add to the list yeah it's, it's a good start for sure because right now only Vancouver and Toronto are the only two in Canada but I think there was one or I think there's more places that can host a, a regional right like I think you can put Calgary in that mix maybe Oh, so far, those have been kind of the two historic ones since I've been paying attention, but who knows? Right, right. I am going to try to convince my wife. And yes, whenever I talk about my wife, it's always it's always an uphill battle. But my mother... The one who forced you to go to the tournament? Yes, but we real, I realize that next year I'm going to be traveling to Texas a lot because my cousin's getting married my best friend that I've known since we were literal ch babies is getting married and I think that's about it for now that I know of but like you know San Antonio is December 15th through 17th my mom lives in San Antonio so like if I can convince my wife to go spend Christmas with the mother-in-law that I could possibly use the excuse to go to that regional <laughs> You're getting you're getting into dangerous territory. <laughs> but hey, if if you actually end up going to that many regionals, like that's that could be a good number of points. This is true. I get at least three championship points for entering, and then depending on how I do, it it can all work out. But that is the second part of this news. They are now incentivizing championship points in the play po in the go segment in the go part for play Pokemon, and we have now been given uh, points payouts and stuff, which is pretty neat. So obviously, like with the local challenges, if you win, you get 15 points. Second place gets 12. Third place gets 10, and that's the cutoff. 
if there's more than I think if there's more than 21 participants, the champ the championship points will cascade. It's eight, six, and four respectively for fifth through eighth, ninth through sixteenth, and seventeenth through thirty-second. But and this is the the one thing I I do want to point out is in the Pokemon Go Cup, which happens once every three months, if you get first, second, third, if you get top four, you get at least thirty-two championship points, and then second place gets forty, first place gets fifty. Uh, like you were talking about with the regionals, if you place top eight, you automatically get a hundred points. And judging by judging by the amount of participants we've been getting, if you place in the top thirty-two with with around eighty participants, you'll get sixty championship points. So so far, as of this recording, there has not been a there has not been an announcement to how many championship points do you need to qualify for Worlds. But there's a lot of speculation. I know some people were saying, oh, the numbers can't be super high, like, what's it called? The number can't be super high, like 600 points for the Masters Division and TCG, but the number can't be super low either because they will bring in, that can let in pretty much anybody, which I don't know how that's a bad thing, but eh? (laughs) My prediction is that it's going to be somewhere around 400 points gets you to qualify for Worlds, and that kind of gives an incentive of you can win like league cups and local challenges to get your way if like there's a regional that you can't really make it to for what because you lack the resources so i'm on board with this i really enjoy it hopefully it's not too confusing this time like it was with the earning points to get your um travel awards to the international championships this past season because like you you had to you had to just know like <laughs> it, it did a very poor job announcing it but yeah i'm i'm open transparent system whenever we get done with this season actually right and yeah like you said i didn't find out about the travel award until our teammate zimmy kid said something on on his stream and i'm like well shoot i should have been on this back in april because that's when our local our local stuff was starting back up again. And but I didn't find out till June. And so I got fifteen points. So it's like yay. But not yay. Close enough. Right. So definitely I have I have ten championship points at the start of the season, which means if I'm going off of my theoretical three hundred and night or four hundred, I need three hundred and ninety more points between now and and NAIC next <laughs> next year. Can I do it? Who knows? Hopefully with regular local tournaments and stuff it all adds up well and not it doesn't it doesn't just reward people who are making all kinds of crazy plays. True, but they do take your top 6 placements in tournaments. So if you got if you want like if your best places were 6 wins, that's 70 points. And then a League Cup would get you, say you won three three League Cups, because I don't know if there's a cutoff for that. That could be 150 points, so you'd be at 220. And then the remaining 180 you can come up with by, you know, participating in regionals or certain invitationals. There's, there's still, like, even though a lot of information was given yesterday, there is more speculation on my part, and my tinfoil hat is or my tinfoil helmet at this point is wrapped squarely on tight 
and I'm just going to be connecting the dots with my red yarn with the thumbtacks and going, I'm not crazy. This is how it works. We don't know until we know. <laughs> we'll find out after Worlds, hopefully, which is in two weeks. Actually, it'll be over in two weeks by the time this is 10 days from this recording. Where has the time gone? Into Hershey's Cookies and Cream? Yes. Yes, it has. <laughs> so that is our Play Pokemon segment, and that is officially all of the news. Yay! Hopefully. For the time being. <laughs> now we get into main title content, which is the final King of the Hill and Worlds coverage. Jet's favorite part. I like the whole thing. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time because you you're like, we got to get into some battles. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We have real actual battles. We do. So do we want to start with the world championships first? No, I want to do the other one. King of the okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to just kind of look at these briefly just to like kind of pick apart things that are interesting that we didn't see maybe from the rest of the king of the hill and then just actually talk about the the finals that's fair do you want to throw out the sweeps and just focus on like the two ones and one twos no i was i was still gonna look at those and just kind of do a brief like we can we can go through the lineups kind of shout out a few picks that we like and move along okay i am i'm down for this and so we will start off with Cool Cats, or the only matchup actually, with Cool Cats and Eat Pasta. <laughs> the one. Unfortunately, there will not be a North America dominance in King of the Hill and in Silph Worlds, or, yeah, in Worlds, because the Cool Cats have lost 9 to 12. It was a back and forth brawl between a sweep in the Great League, a reverse sweep in the Ultra League. Shout out to Caleb Pang for his sweep in the Ultra League. With a Meganium. I really appreciate that Meganium. <laughs> and I don't know how to pronounce the Great League person, Asper Celito, Celto, who brought a Whimsicott of all things. Yeah, Whimsicott is one of those that it's it's got a lot of nice matchups. Like, obviously, there's still hard counters, and one of, like, a couple of those showed up, but didn't slow him down. Got that sweet. Do you think that the, that Whimsicott was running Fairy Wind? to get to i think it gets to seed bomb and moon blast is the preferred move set uh i mean yeah probably but it's it's one of the reasons why i like whimsicott is because you have the flexibility to go charge move or fast move version depending kind of what you need it to be for your matchup that's fair okay then so do, do, do you want to just like read through the teams or yeah we can do that Oh, I thought when you meant, haha, I'm stupid. I thought you meant like picking one Pokemon out from the team, but I'm yeah, a little well, stupid. and that that is that is what I meant for like the analysis, like the ones that like look interesting. And to me, the, the counterpoint is the Dedenne, but yeah, yes, yes, yes. So in Great League, we had DFHB versus I'm just gonna call it Salto because I can't say the first part. <laughs> DFHB brought the Jump Puff, Alone Sand, Shadow Alone Sand Slash, Dedenne. Ligatung, Quagsire, and Metacham into the Knocked Out, Ligatung, Shadow Alone, Sandslash, Toxicroak, Quagsire, and Whimsicott. So I heard 
on the second team, talk to your Quagsire Winscott over to the other three just to make sure we got the, the oh. whole team in there. I hope my, my corn internet isn't going to going to poop itself today. But it was knocked out, lick a tongue, and shadow Alolan Sandslash. Did that come through? Oh yeah. Okay, good, good, good. So both players brought Shadow Alone, Sandslash, and Quagsire and Lickitung. Yeah. So it was kind of like let's see. I like the I like the knocked out pick for Jump Bluff. The Toxicroak can kind of hold its own against the Dane, and Whimsicott can definitely hold its own against the Metacham. I think it was the three po- like the three Pokemon that were different was what led to this sweep. Well, and the builds are exactly the same, right? Like they the the three things that are different are a flyer, a fighter, and a fairy. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, Noctowl can do some serious work if left unchecked. And with Toxicroak being a you know a counter to a Lolan Sandslash, Lickitung, and I think the Dene as well, because I think it Toxicroak with how glassy it is outbolts the Dene with like that mud bomb sludge bomb combination, or even like mud bomb dynamic punch for Lickitung. You can do some serious damage with that. Yeah, but out of everything, I like the I like the call out of the of the fairies here, like getting getting to show up. Yeah, we hate fairies. There's, there's no Alola Nine Tails for once. Yeah, we hate fairies on the podcast, but we can shout out when they do something nice when it isn't <laughs> to us. <laughs> Shall we check out Ultra? Yes, and you already know where my where my pick for interesting Mon is gonna go. We had Caleb Payne going up against Sierra C- Darwin. Caleb Payne brought Registeel, Meganium, Alolan Sandslash, Garatina Origiform, Talonflame, That's and... Oh. Alolan Ninetales. Yeah, didn't I say Alolan Ninetales? You said Sandslash. <laughs> oh. I can't read either. <laughs> and the, the and I think I said Lantern. If not Lantern, into the Tapufini, Galarian Weezing, Venusaur, Shadow Gliscor, Scrafty, and Registeel. Oh my goodness! Meganium had a field day with, the, but I can't. We can't say Meganium did everything. So, I guess we have to talk about the other teams or the other Pokemon, because you know there's the Alolan Ninetales that you corrected me on. <laughs> well, and I like the Giratina Origin as well, like the DPS version. We don't see it as often, but I like it a lot here. I am kind of enjoying a Meganium Talonflame core because with those two mods, you cover everything that isn't named Gliscor. And for Gliscor, the only, mm. I would say like Gliscor, the only true check that you don't have or that you have would be the Alone Sandslash if it's running Powder Snow. <laughs> oh, you said Sandslash again. I did? Yeah. Oh, okay, I saw two Sandslashes, so I'm just like, okay. The Alola Ninetales running Powder Snow is the only, like, true counter for the Shadow Gliscor. Or, if you want to get really spicy, run Water Gun Lantern for, like, that extra coverage, quote-unquote. Yeah, well, and I mean, like, the, the Town Flame and the beginning weren't bad into it either, like, especially being the Shadow. Fair. But you would take a lot of Wing Attack damage from Shadow Gliscor, no? Yeah, but the charge moves that they normally want to run would be just neutral at best with the night slash like yeah the the boost is kind of the scary thing then with compounding the wing attack damage but frenzy plant frenzy plant booms gotcha and then yeah meganium's just looking out for those poison types which would be a little odd considering it does have access to earthquake 
and with the access to the earthquake, you can hit everything pretty hard, despite it not being stabbed. Right? I think so. Maybe. Yeah, the the Venusaur just isn't as as clean as it would be like in uh, Great League. Like the the earthquake is actually threatening, where Ultra it's it's not on quite the same level because of the extra bulk. Okay, well, alrighty then. So that that's a, a nice sweep from Kayla Peng. If you ever are listening to this, if your Meganium was the reason for the sweep, yay. And I really hope it was, because I, I like seeing the flowery dinosaur reign supreme. That's a strong pick, and it had it had good targets in that matchup. It was a good call. Yeah. Should we move on to the Master League? Yeah, I was seeing Monstars there. It was reminding me that's that's an anime that I need to watch someday. Ooh. We just had an anime fight in <laughs> the... What's it called? We had an anime fight in the server, in the Battle Frontier server with Naruto and Dragon Ball Z. Mm. Don't ask me why. There are no winners in that fight. (laughs) Like I said, don't ask me why. It it just happened. Anyway, so Monstar brought Melmetal, Garatina Altered Form, Axorus, Florgis, Mega Slowbro, and Metagross into Geopi? Geopi. No, I like Geopi better. It's a Geopi's Groudon, Snorlax, Mega Obama Snow, Florgis, Melmetal, and Gyarados. Taxorus had to run counter in this one with Snorlax, Mega Obama Snow, and Melmetal kind of running things. And then you had. Well, Florgis is scary because the only real quote unquote counter to it is the Metagross, unless that Melmetal had double Iron Bash. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, we can. We can melmetal into florgis that was just standard sets and yeah it is it's not pretty <laughs> for for anyone <laughs> just like it's it's pretty awkward because all the damage is resisted or the non-stab coverage moves are, are doing neutral so it's it's just kind of a stopgap. it's it's not really what anyone wants <laughs> uh-huh but overall, just seeing another pair of Florges here, like I feel like that's been the overall winner of this last iteration of, of Master League in factions just across both metas is that Florges is everywhere because it's been super reliable. Well, it's also really weird considering Mega Gengar has been... What's it called? Considering Mega Gengar is suppo- supposed to be quite a force to be reckoned with, and yet... Well... It was. <laughs> and then... We learned how to beat it? No, it's it's just... It's gone. Oh. They decided that they didn't want to have that dominate the meta anymore. Makes sense. Alrighty. So, good on... No, not monsters. Good on Geopoppy for taking that 2-1 victory. Because I definitely... Definitely... Did not see that one coming. Well, actually, no. Groudon did had a really good had a really good look into this team with the mudshot, precipice blades, fire punch combination. Yeah, nothing nothing on that team wants to take a precipice blades, and there isn't a ton of pressure into it either. Like the Mega Slowbro would have been the best, I guess. That or yeah. you put Surf on Haxorus, but I'm not sure if that was a smart idea. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and I guess kind of my 
the highlights just for this is is just the mega slowbro into the mega bomb of snow. Every, everything else is stuff we'll see again later. True. Yeah, mega slowbro. Considering it's an absolute unit, it just doesn't. It doesn't have like that high CP value, but it still does great things. It can be a water gun user if you need it to be, or it can be a confusion user and just chunk. Yeah, it's just super tanky. All right. Ready to move into the Ragnar field? Yeah, and I'm I'm especially curious about the Ramberto matchup because I feel like that's probably where the this difference in score came from. So let's let's check out the first one first, I guess. But Oh, okay. We'll do the Auburn and Matt matchup. Yeah. So in this one, ooh, interesting. Auburn brought Chrysalia, Azumarill, Buzzwool, Frostlass, S Cavalier, Victini, Miltank, and Greedent into Greedent, Miltank, Chrysalia, Quagsire, S Cavalier, Frostlass, Golisopod, and Trash Cloak Wormadam. Oh my goodness, I think this is the first time we're seeing a counter user come out, an S-Cav come out to play. And I am here for it. Well, it, yeah, and it's definitely the first time we've seen neither of the Steel Bugs get banned. True. Oh, that's right. But, you know, it is a, like, bannings do a good amount of fixins or a good amount of, like, making it a little easier and stuff. But... This is like your standard double normal core with Chrysalia, your bulky water type, and Quagsire Azumarill. Victini would have had a field day with the bug gra- with the the bug steals. Yeah, well, and maybe that was something they were counting on is just Victini making it through the band phase, and then <laughs> it could kind of go go a little bit crazy. Yeah, because you can even you can do a decent amount of damage against the Greedent and Miltank with your v-create but you do you are at well no i wouldn't say you're absolutely hardwalled by quagsire because you can still hit for it with psychic but it's you're, not you're pretty walled though like the the mud bomb buff like it's it's pretty rough okay i was gonna say unless like mud bombs will still hit for super hard so yeah. probably don't want to be in that matchup but the other ones are looking pretty neat and well, then and and this is this is just looking otherwise very what we've what we've come to recognize as Ragnar, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't I don't know that there are any weird things outside of just kind of where these bands have landed, but yeah, we see that same triple bulk plus whatever your favorite water type is. That's fair. And quite honestly, like I don't entirely know. Actually no. The one thing I was going to say about Ragnar is the teams that figured out that you run double normal oh. and a very bulky mon is my internet cutting out again. Are, are you there? Oh, goodness. Can... <laughs> you heard the teams that figured some, something. Okay, I didn't hear it. Okay. The teams that figured out how or double normal plus a bulk mon was the key to success definitely had the advantage into or definitely had the advantage in this King of the Hill because the amount of sweeps that happened like the first couple of bouts ourselves included was mostly due i'm gonna say mostly due to the double normal core yeah or just maximizing on on those bulk picks and 
I have to say, it was kind of an underwhelming meta as far as I'm concerned. Like, and, and just the fact that we got to this point and there wasn't much change. Like, the things that were good were just the best of the bunch. Like, there there were a few, a couple things that were kind of flittering in and out, but I don't know. Like, I, I feel like this one was kind of a miss. And that's fair. Ready to move on into the third and final sweep. Yeah, let's let's see what let's see what happened to Ramberto. Okay, so Ramberto played Helsenberg. Ramberto brought the Frostlass, Mantine, Azumarill, Escavalier, Trashcloak, Wormadam, Chrysalia, Greedent, and Quagsire into Frostlass, Greedent, Defenseform, Deoxys, Miltank, Chrysalia, Trashcloak, Wormadam, Escavalier, and Galarian Weezing. So once again, the Escavs both got banned. But Ramberto did not bring Miltank, whereas the opponent brought the double normal core with the bulky Mon. There were two of them, in, or three of them, in Chrysalia, Trashcook, Wormdam, and Defense Form Deoxys. Yeah, My- Ramberto with the triple water, I think, was in trouble. Like, I, I understand the Crest ban, just to get rid of the Grass Knot. I don't think I agree with leaving... Defense Form Deoxys or Miltank in yeah. play when both of them have access to Thunderbolt. And I, and I think that, especially especially the DD, I think was, was an easy one to run Thunderbolt on and become like a pretty reliable pivot. Like, even into like a Bug Bite Wormadam, you're, you're still hitting neutral with counter, so it's, it's, it's kind of rough. Yeah, sometimes games can be won and lost in the ban phase, and I think this was that scenario. I think that instead of banning SCAV, banning uh, Defense Form Deoxys would have been a better play, in my humble opinion. But yeah. I will say there is a reason why they did make it to the finals, and we got knocked out in the round of 128. <laughs> I will say there isn't like an easy way to remove a Scavalier on Roberto's side either especially once their own escav was was out of the pool and uh frost last shadow ball like your your best bets start to be like a azu hydro pump quagsire earthquake maybe if you if you go for that like mm-hmm. we've been seeing in, in or well not seeing in fossil cup but like uh that we did end up seeing in the in the world championship finals so yeah, I, I think you. I think even before the band stage, like this was this was a, a kind of a tough matchup. I'm wondering what the rationale was for leaning into triple water, but maybe maybe that exists somewhere. <laughs> I mean, we could probably just tag them, and maybe they'll be nice enough to tell us. Maybe fingers crossed. It's worth a shot. But okay, so that is or that was Ragnar. And now we do Echo. We have Polymers up going up against MB38. Polymers up brought the Alola Ninetales, Vigoroth, Umbreon, Escavalier, Quagsire, Yanovan Stunfist, Pelipper, and Jumpluff into Venusaur, Obstagoon, Umbreon, Jellicent, Chrysalia, Quagsire, Pelipper, and Galvantula. Polymers up banned Jellicent and Pelipper, whereas MB banned Escavalier and Jumpluff. Why ban the... Well, I guess you're banning the Jellicent. Wait, why ban the Jellicent? Well, you have Unovan Stunfist and Umbreon. No, I think banning the Jellicent was a good pick. 
but you've got the you got the the pseudo fighters and Vigoroth and Obstagoon both brought Quag and then you've got Quagsire yeah you got Quagsire and you know Sunfist absolutely walled by Venusaur and Chris it doesn't look like Chrysalia had a lot to do this matchup the nice thing about Chris though is that it's it's pretty decent neutral pivot still like whole getting rid of Pelipper and Jellicent feels like get rid of the pivots like the the reliable segue pokemon and crest is still in the mix and kind of feels like they they had to play it for that reason ah i see yeah yeah it loses umbreon but you're you can still hit with moonblast (laughs) and that logic kind of goes through all the rest of the picks Uh, and the other thing it helps with a lot is vigoroth Which to me is kind of the the shoe in for for polymers. Pelper is also okay just because, like, yeah, you have to watch out for Stone Edge and and Galv could be a problem. But when you're running two ground types, like, who really wants to bring Galv? <laughs> <laughs> but you can hit with super effective lunge damage, just against Umbreon, and you can hit Pelper with. Super effective volt switches. I'm doing this my is, best to try is, to make Galvatron yeah. work. <laughs> this is one of those that I I wonder if Fury Cutter just wasn't strictly better into the remaining six. But yeah, I, I, out of out of these, I would say like I, I feel bad for Goon. <laughs> 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 like it didn't it didn't have a whole lot to do. Like obviously, it's it's such a hard answer in Umbreon that that can make players kind of second guess the Umbreon that has otherwise been the safest pick out of all of Echo, I think. And it's been a hero in, in some matches, but Hello the Ninetales looks pretty good too. Like Yeah, I feel that. What's well, what's going what's going on in the other Echo that went the other the way? The other way? Well we had Twastel versus Boomer One. I think that's how you say it. Bomber? Bomber? No, Bomber Uni? Bomber Uni? I think I think it could still be one. Or zero one. Ah, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> Twastel brings in Vigoroth, Alola Ninetales, Mandibuzz, Escavalier, Quagsire, Defense Form Deoxys, Regirock, and Jumpluff into Ferrothorn, Alola Ninetales, Drapion, Umbreon, Quagsire, Coffergrigus, Defense Form Deoxys, and Galvantula. I like the Alola Ninetales brings on both teams. It's interesting that uh, Twastel was left with both of their flyers and that Bomber didn't bring any. <laughs> it's like we were talking before about the, the Quagsire uh, earthquake and this this is like one of those where Twastel was in a position where he could just run it. True. Especially you would hit the Drapion. Well, the Drapion is already going to be hurt pretty badly by any ground move ever. But would going double nuke earthquake and stone edge be oh wait there's no fly double ground and mud bomb and earthquake would definitely be a play like you you do have nine tails and galve that you can hit super effective with stone edge not sure if it's worth it overall but the biggest advantage that pretty sure we've talked about before is that the earthquake nets you the mirror pretty well Gotcha. And especially like in Twastel's case, I'm 
I want to say that maybe this loss came down to lineup because on paper their team looks honestly a lot better unless they brought double flyer in and Galvantula had or not Galvantula Alola Ninetales had a field day with them it's just a thought well it could have come down to the bands right like the amount of response that was still left on Bomber's side to the flyers is a little overwhelming right so like it definitely feels like they wouldn't have gotten their normal mileage well it's kind of like Twastel though it seems was kind of stuck banning Kovagrigus no matter what like even best case scenario their like only answer on paper is like the Mandy maybe the Quag mm, I see why would Kovagrigus why would you say that you're stuck banning Kovagrigus because I'm seeing a good wall to it in Mandibuzz because it's it's only one it's one pick and when they have two or three extra answers to Mandy like just just even from what you're left with like you you wouldn't want to play into the the Kofa mm-hmm. okay so to to me it's it's also then a question of the, is does the Ferrothorn ban make sense that one to me is a little bit more iffy I feel like there are better answers into that, and you can maybe make your flyers more playable by taking out either the Alola Ninetales or the Gal, right? I see. Okay. That does make a lot of sense, honestly. But yeah, I mean, it, it looks like, at least from original 8, like this could have been really close, and it, it feels a little bit more trappy just the way that the the sixes turned out after the bands. Okay. I see what you mean now. Well, this was definitely the one of the more closer quote unquote one twos that could very easily have gone the other way. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so with that, are you ready to move into the final or no, it's pretty much the final match of the world championship because they they're streaming third place. It's gonna be a North America winner. Yeah, the the other North America winner. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, right. let's let's figure out how we want to talk about that. So, for starters, in this in the worlds, we want to for the a special like the special final bout. They had they had it be best of five, and with my taco brain being very bad at math, I'm thinking, wait, that means it's much easier to get to eleven. And then I remembered, wait, it's, it's so fast. And then I remembered, wait, it's still it's best of five. 5 times 7 is 35. Divide that by 2, you have 17 and a half. So 18 points takes you the gets you the win, not 11. And that was Taco and that was math time with Taco. Tune in next week where Taco learns that 1 plus 1 may not always equal 2. That was an extra credit assignment where I had to prove that 1 plus 1 did not equal 2 using mathematical proofs and I declined to take part in that extra credit assignment. Math getting too mathy. Well, I was a freshman in high school, and they wanted me to use advanced calculus. And then I learned how 1 plus 1 does not equal 2 two years after the fact in my freshman year of math class. But still. Well, on the plus side, we get Pandemonium instead of Ragnar. Yay! Oh, they updated the scores, by the way. But they still made it within the... <laughs> they made it with the, the best of 21 instead of best of 35. Well, hey, I feel I feel extra vindicated that I said it was basically a 12-9. You are correct. So, 
Should we just rip off the band-aid and say who the world champions are or kind of build up to it? Uh, it got at everyone to everywhere, so I mean, it's not a yeah. mystery. <laughs> We're going to make the audience do math, and there goes our retention rate. <laughs> but yes, the Silverina did announce that with a score of 19 to 16, the Elite TMs are the final Sylph Arena Factions World Champions. Proving once again that NA is the is the best conference ever. Don't at me. <laughs> Alright, that was my, my choosing of violence for, for the episode. So, just uh, for the sake of time, let's maybe look at one each of the fields and then the opens okay just so, so i want we, we can we can actually look at uh how how some picks went and stuff which we normally don't get to see at all i know right so i normally or i want to preface this that this was streamed on pvp steve's channel and they you can, went you can follow along with us there if you want yeah, and so we got we actually we actually were able to see most of the matchups. I joined in the middle of the the Great League, the second Echo Field, and the Master League. Yeah, so we watched we watched about the same stuff. If if actually you want to go backwards, like um, since we watched the Master League stuff and the trainer ABC one two three. Yeah, I was very, like I said last episode, I was very conflicted because Trainer ABC123, I wonder how many times the maze is going to, I wonder if a maze just hates me because I call him that. Legend tells us that this trainer once had a different name. <laughs> I want to know what that name was, honestly. But anyway. It was, it was too strong for this world. It's true. Like, what's the character's name? Nibbler from Futurama. In the time it took to pronounce one letter of my name, a thousand universe or a thousand galaxies would be born and die. I've been on a Futurama kick recently, especially with the new episode coming out or new episodes yep. coming out. The why the why of Fry is important. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so Master League. Yeah. We had Singali versus Shigenbora. I think that's how you pronounce it. I am a terrible pronouncer. Anyway, <laughs> Signali brought Mega Scizor, Kyogre, Gyarados, Excadrill, Florgis, and Haxorus into Reshiram, Melmetal, Altered Form Garatina, Mamoswine, Florgis, and Swampert. Swampert. Uh, what, I said, what I said at the time was that it was looking pretty tough for, for Shaken just based on the Kyogre and the Gyarados. Uh, and... To me, that's kind of how it played out, is that Kyogre was the, the hero for Signal's team. Yeah, and Kyogre, yeah, like you said, Kyogre definitely did a lot of the heavy lifting. And I think that we can attribute the win on Signali's side for, like, if that Kyogre did not put in as much work as it did, they, the Elite TMs probably would have lost the World Championships. Because if well, you think... and it, I mean, it literally came down to this matchup. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember at the time, or by the time this was the last matchup, the Metal Raptors needed a four-one to win by one point, which was kind yeah. of not fun. But, but just the fact that it wasn't decided yet is still significant. Like, yeah, the the ending was was kind of lopsided because 
because death win. I mean that that was after they already got over the line. So just the to me like the weirdness was in game two when they brought the Mega Caesar, which doesn't really have much play, and they were running it Fury Cutter. Like it, just, it felt really strange. Like they hadn't won yet. <laughs> like they were up one zero, and they brought Fury Cutter Mega Caesar. It's like why <laughs> we did I, we did see the Reshiram and find out that it was dragon, dragon breath. breath which was also kind of crazy like okay yeah you shore up your matchup into the waters a little bit better just by virtue of not being immediately blocked or same with like keeping a little bit better Haxorus matchup but yeah it felt odd just for it to be not an immediate just like execution of the Mega Caesar. I was very surprised that the Florges did not have the actually I don't think the red flower floor the Florges on Shagan side brought was brought out at any time, was it? I don't remember seeing it. I remember we saw Rusher ML Metal Giratina every game except the last one they led Mammal Swine and then that game felt a little weird also. Like they let a high horsepower through onto their Kyogre that was probably what lost them the game. Like, they were up a shield, there was no reason. Like, it, it felt weird. Uh, but again, like, that that's also just sort of what happens once your team gets over the line, right? Like, you, you, you play it out because it would be weird to stop at three games. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah just, just the fact we didn't get to see the fourth game because of some death win uh, issue and then that the the fifth win like the fifth game also felt strange like okay sure that's fine i guess <laughs> but um this was this was even brought up by the casters just that swampert was looking like they were wanting extra help against extra drill and they, they didn't even bring it against <laughs> extra drill because kyogre was such a hard answer Right, but my goodness, yeah, that matchup was kind of crazy. I was, I was doing my best to try to follow along, but the I can understand like putting drag, like you said, putting Dragon Rith on it. But Garatina, like the Alter Form Garatina, neat. That was probably the thickest Mon to use. But I would honestly say, like with Melmetal, actually no, I'm gonna take back. I was gonna say with Melmetal, I would see a reason for putting Double Iron Bash on it. At the same time, you're really only trying to hit Florges for decent damage. Yeah, and you're you're giving up coverage one way or another, right? Like you're either giving it up into the waters or into Excadrill specifically to gain just Florges. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was kind of crazy that Melmetal was able to farm down an Excadrill with using Thundershock. Oh yeah, and it was it was a barely thing. It was just it was a cool moment, but like it. I don't I don't know that you had to find the what's it called you had to find glimpses of hope like pulling for the metal raptors if yeah. you're a metal raptor fan the uh, the one that sorry one of the plays that also stood out to me was in the first game when they brought out the Giratina like they didn't even build up to the big ghosty nuke not shadow sneak what is it called again phantom force yeah that one where it's like and and i'm I, like i kind of wondered if like triple ghost maybe wasn't the way to go like obviously you give up a little bit of damage into the haxorus matchup but haxorus didn't show up so 
uh, <laughs> like just having the the nuke option, I, th I think would have potentially opened the door on that whole series, or at very least changed how it played out. That makes a lot of sense. Like, I can to see me, that. like that that's just that's one potential move shift that that could have mattered, um, and it's it's about the only one I can come up with that could could bridge the gap. Like, Floor just gets like a pedal dance, right? Like, yeah, poss possibly helpful uh, because you're you're looking at then gaining a neutral move into the Excadrill, but. Like you said, the the red floor just didn't even show up. So, yes, they disagreed on that call. Yeah, and I think they were, I think they were also trying to stick with like what worked for them. Like you saw in game two, Shagan was able to pull off. Like, I, I saw I saw confusing things game two, but sure. But yeah, like you were able to bungle together a win. Like a win, no matter what, a win's a win. And so, like going into game three, you're like, hey, can I do it again? And you try to lead with the same core, and then it's like, ah, the opponent has wisened up. Or they, yeah, they just, they went back to their own winning game plan, where it was just like, if <laughs> it felt like they just wanted to use Mega Scizor because they dedicated their best buddy slot to it, which also felt weird. It, like, it felt like a handicap, where it was like, what is happening right now? A lot of, a thousand IQ plays that we have to be really high level battlers to understand. I, uh... <laughs> I don't know. For legal reasons, that is a joke, Jet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It felt it felt odd, but yeah, I don't I don't know that I have much more to say about that one, especially just because it got cut short because they got over like the the winning line. Mm -hmm. uh, round before that was uh, S James and Trainer One Two Three. Um, yeah, I, I actually wanted to shout this one out too because we have our mascot on the winning team. Well, and kudos like james playing to essentially fast move <laughs> fast move win cons almost every game like uh taking a taking a 4-1 and like i want to say at least three of them it was just saving two shields for dragonair like yeah they also ran water gun quagsire but um <laughs> they never threw the acid spray which i found so funny <laughs> Um, and then on trainer one two three side, like running the Quagsire with the double double ground move set because there were no flyers, that didn't end up having a lot of impact. Like they did uh, get rid of Umbreon one of the games, I think, just when they finally revealed the earthquake. Uh, but overall, just out of the games I saw, there were a few moments that it felt like the players were being a little bit too close to the vest with their movesets where I think this mostly applies with Sovtov matchup in Great League but like they had the sludge wave on the Swampert and not throwing it like yeah it was a big call from the opponent but because even even the earthquake would have would have won it for them but <laughs> just just I could feel the reluctance on all the Kind of cool tech moves that they just didn't want to throw um but but back to this one specifically the the trainer one two three also running the fury cutter galv was was a nice decision just knowing that dragonair quag looks good and like even if you want to pick up umbreon like you have to run the fury cutter yeah no matter what on that one and i thought was neat was that the galvantula had energy ball yeah 
But, oh my goodness, we forgot to announce the teams. We were just getting right into the, the nitty gritty. <laughs> so I was I was I was going into the memory banks. <laughs> hold hold on to that thought. I'm gonna I'm gonna announce the rest of the team. So we had S James yeah. going up against trainer one two three or Jordan as these affectionately called on the Brave Nerds. S. James brought Quagsire, Scrafty, Umbreon, Vigoroth, Alolan Sandslash, Dragonair, Regirock, and Kofagrigus into Alolan Ninetales, Swampert, Umbreon, Drapion, Tapufini, Quagsire, Galvantula, and Hisuian Quillfish. I think the only thing we lost from that was that it was Alolan Ninetales, Swampert, and then Umbreon. Okay, yeah, there we go. Alolan Ninetales, Swampert, and Umbreon. Trainer123 banned Scrafty and Vigoroth, Good, good bans in my opinion because you banned the counter users and S James banned both of the fairies because clear like, the way for a Dragonair yeah and like you said the the Quagsire Dragonair fast move fast move team definitely did a lot of work Umbreon was a damage sponge for both on both sides but I get why Kofagrius didn't show up because you know triple dark. <laughs> On the other team, um, Reggie Rock also understand with double my boys, and Alolan Sandslash kind of fits in that mold. So it's it's kind of insane that S James had as good a time as they did when they were essentially restricted to the three Pokemon that they brought. <laughs> well, yeah, but once again, we do have to point out that those three Pokemon, even though like Dragonair is like the glassiest of the four that were brought, the fact that S James was able to pivot around and just kind of spread damage out, made it so you could be hit, or not you could be hit, but you could essentially wear yourself down with like the bulky mons and Quagsire and Umbreon in the back, and then once your at this point singular wall and Umbreon goes down, the rest of the fast move pressure mons will have a field day, and that's kind of exactly what happened during the matchup. Yeah, the one bit of common commentating that I liked was that on the flip side, you know, Trainer 123, their only real fast move pressure was Quillfish, and I don't think it ever showed up, did it? No, it did not. And and I mean, like, specifically into the Dragonair. Like, you could have run Ice Fang Drapion, but just based on the fact that we didn't see that either, I'm, I'm going to say that that probably wasn't what they ended up entering the matchup with. Yeah, and like, honestly, like you had said, just kind of, I mean, I guess if I'm, if I'm on trainer one, two, three side, if I'm, I was kind of thinking like, okay, so I have three mons that are really good into Regirock, or excuse me, really good into Kofagrigus, so I know that Kofagrigus isn't coming, but also maybe when the match started, Drapion didn't have the Ice Fang, so it couldn't do a lot of pressure on to like, like the Dragonair in this case, but if you put Ice Fang on Drapion, you are essentially hardwalled by the Alolan Sandslash. Well, even if you run Poison Sting, you're hardwalled by the Alolan Sandslash. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not a great matchup anyway. So yeah, that that feels like a missed opportunity to me. Just that you didn't kind of take that like option of of running like Ice Fang and then even a Fell Stinger, right? Like you can you can beef that move up. Yeah, because by the time that by the time to say Dragon hits the field and you're like two or three Fell Stingers deep, you're going to put out a lot of damage no matter what's on that side. Even Umbreon wouldn't want to face you after a couple of Fell Stingers. 
Yeah, well, and and that is like the the plus is you get a little bit of pressure even into an Umbreon. Yeah. And and a Quag for that matter, like it's neutral into the Quag also. So yeah, just worth pointing out. Like interesting that that wasn't an angle that they wanted to play. Yeah, you you're honestly right on that one. I do totally understand the Umbreon double mud boy. Like I, I get it into the Umbreon Quag Dragonair, but. I think I think even if you're just looking at that heads up, like that's it's a losing proposition. Like the the, the Dragonair is is gonna be looking a little bit too good. Like the the opportunity for the Swamper just is not as high. Mm-hmm. But it covers your bases better, so I I, I understand it. Gotcha. Did, okay. Did, did you have other comments before we go to the Soph? No, that was my. Those were the only comments I I had on that matchup. But I, I do. Uh, I, I did, did want to talk a little bit about. I guess like the you, one game I wanted to look at was um, Trainer One Two Three won the last game, right? I think so. Because I'm I'm not remembering how they got the zero zero score. No, they won the fourth game. Okay, uh, so we had Dragonair. Umbreon Quag, because of course we did. <laughs> that will do it. And yeah, Umbreon Quag Swampert. So they did manage to make it work one time. Uh, let's play a little faster. Because, you know, Umbreon. So they led Dragonair into Umbreon. They got the Swampert onto the opposing Umbreon. Many charge moves were fired. Um, and he lets the Umbreon go. And then they swap into a Quagmire. Still both shields on both sides available. <laughs> First shield is a mud bomb shielded by the Quag. And then the Dragonair comes in. They shield one mud bomb. And they combo with the Umbreon, who gets both foul plays off. Okay, so they had a bunch of energy on the Umbreon that they capitalized on. And then it's Quag against the world. All the shields are down, at least. Uh-huh. And honestly, it looks almost like S. James loses this because they don't click the Mud Bomb. <laughs> like maybe, maybe they lost track of the Umbreon energy. Like, that's that's just what it looks like. Oh, no. That's rough. Um, and then I just wanted to check the last game to see if the teams changed. S. James, same lineup. No, I think that is okay. So yeah, that's that's everything. <laughs> <laughs> even yeah, so even like best case scenario, like trainer one two three plays out of their mind. They they only I think get away with it because S James doesn't click the mud ball. <laughs> oh, that's big sad. But I also understand. Yeah, well, and it's it's a good time to move to the Sofitov matchup. Correct. So. I didn't get to watch the first matchup on this one, but I did see well, that, that... means we can talk about the teams and then check it out. Yeah. So we had Sovtov going against Nava Empire. Sovtov brought the Noctowl, Vigoroth, Dugong, Chrysalia, Altaria, Defense Form Deoxys, Galarian Stunfisk, and Swampert into Nava Empire's Galarian Stunfisk, Altaria, Lantern, Vigoroth, Alola Ninetales, Ligatung, Defense Form Deoxys, and Quagsire. So right off the bat, Sovtof banned Lantern and Defense Form Deoxys, 
and Nava Empire also banned Defense Form Deoxys and Chrysalia. Really taking the bulk out of Sovtov's team, which looks like it made made uh, Sotov Sovtov have to rely on alignment more than bulk to get out of tricky situations. I mean, it's it's funny that you're saying that they took away the bulk, but I mean, it's it's the multi-tool bulks, right? Like the, yeah. the other ones are a little bit a little bit like less utility in the Altaria, Noctel, Dugong, Galarian, and Stunfisk. Like still bulky as heck, but yeah, they get walled way easier by certain picks from the other side. Yeah, like when you said they do get walled, it I'm gonna piggyback off that a little bit and say like we know what move sets that they're gonna come because Noctowl only really has two good moves. Dugong, although it did get drill run, yes. There may be a case to bring water pulse in. I'm not saying no. it's a I <laughs> give yeah, it okay, okay, fine. You know it also got like you know you know it also got liquidation, right? Oh yeah. Never mind. So they, water water pulse water pulse dugong is dead. Like please okay. TM your dugongs. <laughs> this is your PSA from Jed. PSA TM your dugongs. I don't what I don't want to see a water pulse dugong. <laughs> You know, next time we play it, I'm gonna put Water Pulse on my Dugong just to spite you. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> but yes, it did get Liquidation. So sometimes Liquidation might be better than Drill Run, but not in this matchup. But yeah, so the only Pokemon yeah, yeah, with like, yeah. yeah, like I said, so the only Pokemon with like a quote unquote multi tool is Dugong and the Swampert but, if it, but not when really. it had such, yeah. yeah. And Swampert, but its only other move is Sludge Wave, which in a more centralized meta, Swampert's usually going to be putting out stab moves over coverage moves anyway. But in this particular one, it does make sense. Like, you're looking at the things that it's going to have the toughest time against, and it's like, you need the Sludge Wave to do anything against the Altaria. So if you're actually thinking about running the Swampert, like, I, I get it. And then same with the Alola Ninetales, like, I assume that helps? I don't actually know. Um, so now we get to learn. <laughs> True. Because it's like, I, I would assume just based on, on coverage that it would do something, but assumptions aren't always true <laughs> when you're when you're talking about non-stab moves like you're talking about. True. But yeah, so, spoiler alert, Swampert in this case did run Sludge Wave. And when you were talking about your general comment of them playing things close to the chest, I think that, you know, there sometimes if you're down, if you're down in, like, say, position, and one, it's basically designed on a coin flip if you're going to lose the matchup, if you, they call the bait, or if they shield the, the nuke move, or they're going to call a bait and get nuked, my personal play style is go go for it all like you you're already in the losing situation the game is pretty much unwinnable unless like you do a hell mary by all means throw the hell mary and like but I, also... I know it's i know it's effectively a coin flip but man it feels bad when they, when they let it through and you went for the bait god it feels so bad <laughs> well even yeah and it's like earthquake you're your best targets for Earthquake is the Galarian Stunfist, which you can throw out or you can destroy with Hydro Cannon. Lickitung because bulk and Quagsire because you're hitting you're hitting it with a, a neutral nuke move. 
Yeah, well, and even best case into lick a tongue, like earthquake still like just most of the time doesn't do enough. <laughs> I think though with the double normal and the glaring instant fisk, like you're probably feeling pretty safe against the lick a tongue. Like you you don't really have to prepare for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just I'm trying to figure out like what even starts to to feel safe for these players just because there's there's so many like polarizing matchups like okay uh Noctowl from Loftos is probably the, one of the closest things to, to a safe pick right and if you're Nava I think maybe then you look at Alola Ninetales mm-hmm. and yeah both both players Vigoroth obviously not bad either and I mean it's it's one of the poster children for safe swaps of Great League for a reason and yeah we we do see it pop up a lot and based on this like I, t- I totally get it like all the psychic types got banned like makes sense <laughs> yeah that's true but yeah then yeah then it's then it's all alignment after that like at least yeah at least at at the planning phase, it feels weird knowing how many times we see Altaria pop up with there being ice types on both sides and Galarian Stunfisk. Um, well, because Dragon just hits for a uh, Dragon, like Dragon Breath is one of the most oppressive fast moves in the game. And, and that's and, a good point. Like, and, and maybe that is the thought process. Yeah, like it's resisted by, or it's single resisted by steel types and double resisted by fairy types other than that you're hitting everything for neutral or better actually the only thing you're hitting super effective against dragon is opposing dragon but i stand by what i said like just just the fact okay so you're hitting everything for neutral except dragons are super effective but the fact that like dragon breath is so oppressive even if it gets debuffed one stage is pretty it's pretty amazing, honestly. Now, if only you could give a certain a certain ground dragon a certain debuffing move, or that you can debuff the other opposing mon that the that another dragon got a community day of. If yeah, if only that move had gotten to more than just that Pokemon and a legendary. I, I I have faith Niantic will do that eventually. Do you want to take a look at the? first battle just to see kind of what they went with just to feel each other out yeah let's do it tell us so i'm at it looks like a minute or sorry not a minute an hour 58 um and okay so our our lead was noctel into altaria uh-huh so about uh yeah so kind of similar to what we had kind of put a finger on right like uh on the side of Sovtov, we had Noctowl, Swampert, Vigoroth, and Nava had Altaria, Alola, Ninetales, and Vigoroth. Okay, I see. Watching this battle in real time. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they actually play out the the flyers. And it, it's really surprising to see Sovtov go for Sky Attack, even though as bulky as Noctowl is, the Dragon Breaths and Sky Attack just add completely. I didn't get to see the back line of Sovtov, which... Okay, so with, with Swampert and Vigoroth, I can kind of see how you have to stay in in that matchup. But then, like, counter-switching the Vigoroth... Like, I like the play from Nava from Nava Empire really well. He did a really good job. 
I do also appreciate just the setup at the end for for Sotov, where they put themselves in a position to farm down the rest of the opposing Vigoroth with mud shots, just to give themselves that energy advantage. Yeah, one of the most dangerous mons in the end game is Swampert. Unfortunately, even with the hydro cannon nerf that we all remember, or maybe yeah. we don't remember. I mean, most most players probably don't. Like it was, it was one of the earliest nerfs that we got, just because it was. Yeah, honestly, here, like I, here, I think is where Sotov lost game one is, like throwing hydro cannon and then not building and like not building up to throw it again. Like if you had thrown the sludge, like sludge was thrown in game one, or yeah, sludge was thrown in game one, you would have lost the, what's it called? You would have lost the advantage surprise factor but i don't think sludge wave was actually ever thrown in uh what's it called yeah because now you catch the hydro and the little nine tails can weather ball throw a weather ball at you well and then i think that that was just kind of a classic um classic coin flip scenario right like if if Nava shields there, like okay, yeah, you you've got your your win con, but like as soon as as soon as they no shielded, like it was just over. Like there there yeah. was nothing they could do anymore. Yeah, but that's honestly that's kind of where it goes or how it goes in a lot of the times. And I don't know, I feel like Sovtov, it's they should have been a three two instead of a four one. Because the other ones were pretty much like each team, each team was still very similar because, like, game two you had Flyer versus the Little Nine Tails, and then the back line was Vigoroth and the Mud Boy. Yeah. So well, and and that's yeah, that's kind of what we were pointing out, right? Is is there were a lot of team parallels, and it really did kind of revolve around this 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 Nine Tails Noctowl. I'm gonna jump to the fifth game, which is the one that Sov actually wins. Uh, and that's a two seventeen. Ah, we're going into the future. Yeah. And so the the lineup here is on Sotov, it's Vig, Dugong, and Noctel into Wag, Vig, and Altaria. I see. Oh, uh, the, other, the other the other tech thing we didn't talk about while some of this plays out is that Sof brought Brick Break just for the Stunfest matchup. So right, because have to build up to bulldoze and have that like all or nothing scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the cover but or the coverage option was good. I don't think the G Fisk was ever put in or the G Fisk was ever lined up against the against the Vigoroth at that time. But it just feels weird that like Sovtov brought in these really cool these really cool uh what's it called? Really cool movesets, but didn't really use them to the advantage. Well, and and for the most part, I I really like the calls on them, and obviously, like the the Vigo only really matters if you end up in that matchup. So I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, the the Swampert not throwing the Sludge Wave in the game one was just kind of depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think you even make it to two Sludge Waves potentially. Like that would maybe be worth figuring out. Like if that was just like a deaf win that was thrown away but hard to say yeah and at this one the oh. <laughs> yeah because the altaria comes at the end and the game was the game was over when that dugong hit the field like well and it's and it's just like is there is there a world where you put 
the Altaria in first? No, the, the Quag is too low. Like, But, I mean, that's kind of your only win con, right? Is if you use the Quag to catch? Like, did they think they had a move banked on the Quag? I'm going to go back. No, I think that with the Quagsire, you were just kind of... You were just kind of... The Noctowl. I was going to say, with the Quag, I think you were just looking to like be a sack swap. They get... Second, oh, I slam off on Faco, which is good. Oh, yeah, it was an attempted catch. Okay, that's what I missed. I, I didn't see that. Okay, so yeah, they they went to their outs. Yeah, it was that was good. I was I was confused because I saw the crack come in and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah, it, it was it was an attempted catch. It was just good patience on the side of Softov. I see. Okay. Um. Which which of our remaining things do you want to talk about next? Honestly, like the the three matchups that I saw was kind of like all I really wanted to talk about. I feel like those... we should at least look at one of the pandemonium ones, like because obviously we haven't hardly gotten to talk about it at all, just because we've been following King of the Hill, really. You right, right, all right. Uh, is that can... the first matchup? Yeah, the very first matchup was Pandemonium, a Shady Equation versus Thunder Cipher. And that ended in a really close matchup. Okay, well that one that one's worth checking out as our as our last thing. Um was there anything that just like stood out on the ultra teams that you wanna talk about? Like I see a bunch of kind of our our old faithful mons here. Like maybe the most surprising is the fact that uh as he brought non-shadow Charizard, right? And but I mean, like with non-shadow Charizard being still like a hey, I'm over here. Don't forget about me. In this situation, shadow Charizard looks like it needed a little bit more bulk than the shadow Charizard counterpart. So I can kind of see where that lies. That, I but, mean, that, yeah, that is that is always the trade-off. Is do you do you actually need this firepower, or is it unnecessary? <laughs> is it is it too rough? Are you giving up too much bulk? I still say Purified Pokemon should get a 20% damage boost and a 20% defense boost. Give us the incentive for... Or, like, nerf Shadow Pokemon to where they're 10% stronger, but they still take 20% damage. I, I agree Purified needs some kind of incentive outside of just, like, being... How, how do I say this kindly? A dust uh, waster? A, a, gate, a gateway for casuals. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like okay yeah you can you can get hundos easier but essentially there's nothing inherently better about them whereas like the shadows at least have like a have a trade-off going on or yeah I, I feel like there's there's opportunity for purifieds to still be interesting but i don't i don't know how they would balance that at this point right uh so do you want to intro the teams Yes, yes, yes. So in the Pandemonium field, we had a Shady Equation going up against Thunder Cypher, like I mentioned. This is just your standard six on six. There were no bans. So a Shady Equation brought Greedent. Because, again, there are only 40, I think, available Pokemon each week in Pandemonium. So Yeah, and they swap out. <laughs> yeah. So in this week, a Shady Equation brought Greedent, Medicham, Berserker, Jellicent, Dedane, and Frostlass into Thunder Cypher's Frostlass, Metacham, Rainy Cast Form, Dedane, Preserker, and Gliscor. So without looking at the battle matchups, I'm seeing <laughs> I'm seeing both of them like 
both of them with Greedent, both of them to DNA, both of them bring Frostlass, and both of them bring Berserker. Well, not not the Greedent, right? The the trade-off is that Shady has Greedent and Thunder Cipher has Gliscor. And then their their water types are the only other difference. Yeah, I think the rainy cast form was certainly a good pick to have because of access to Weather Ball and Thunder. I, I always find Rainy Cast Form a bit more clunky. Like, uh, just just from a team perspective, like, as far as in the heads up, like, I feel Jellicent is more maneuverable and you just have more options with what kind of damage you're throwing. Into opposing Berserker, like, I see the advantage of Rainy Cast Form. And but like the trade-off <laughs> is that you're taking neutral from Medicham then. So it's just like, okay, okay, there's there's a lot of like interplay happening here. I like that it's that it's actual trade-offs and not just like one is strictly better than the other. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, honestly, with the, the picks that were made. And it looks like <laughs> honestly, it looks like both teams kind of team prepped around the fact that we got to stop Metacham somehow. But I think Thundercipher did it a little bit better with Gliscor, Dedane, and Frostlass. Gliscor would only have to watch out for the Ice Punch, though. Yeah, and, and maybe that's worth just kind of including in the conversation is the combination of Jellicent and Greta is you, yeah, you have a double resist for counter, but then you also have another counter target ingredient where with the Gliscor, you have another counter resist. I see. Man, these like obviously there's there's the majority of these teams are exactly the same, but the parts that are different are so complementary. Like they 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 fit so well. I understand from the team building side <laughs> why this <laughs> was a good series. And I th- yeah, this one was a three two. Where did? Okay, so the games actually start just right at 17 minutes. Yeah. So yeah, both of them led Berserker, and a catch was attempted. But this is this is a really interesting play on on Thunder Cipher side swapping, or excuse me, a Shady Equation side swapping in Frostlass to counter Dedane. I think the biggest advantage here for <clears throat> Thunder Cipher is just the fact that you found the Frostlass, right? Like, um, that's your biggest concern with the Gliscor. Um, Jelly could obviously still be a problem because the Surfs just do too much, but um, they let it go anyway. Does this KO with the Discharge? It does. Okay. Well, out of the way, and you have Switch? Like, that's huge. And then, yeah, you, know I... it's, and then you know it's Dedenne. Right. Oh, I okay. wanted to know how much damage that play rough did. But, oh, they... The Thunder Cypher went straight for the nuke. Only, only nukes today from both sides. Yeah. But yeah, you're getting pretty heavily outpaced by the Dedenne. So I guess the playoff doesn't do enough to oh, they get oh, the swap. Yeah, you can you can tank it pretty well. And the Thunder Cypher's Berserker was gonna win C it looks like one CMP. But ooh. Where did where did you see that? Uh, I think I'm a couple of seconds ahead of you. I'm at nineteen ten on the on the matchup. They just they didn't CMP though, did they? They look it looked like they did. I think they were behind a turn. Yeah, no, because it oh. didn't. It didn't force the the close combat. So gotcha. They got, to, they got to go up to two. Uh, okay, my eyes. That's why. Look... I, that's why I was confused. I was like, wait, what? 
Uh, it, yeah, it looked like they had CMP'd. I didn't see the the Shadow Claw get snuck through there. But. So he gets to go in the Night Slash KOs. Okay, nice. So just nice cleanup for Gliscor there. Yeah. This one we throw Gliscor in the lead, and the backlight, there is no Frostlass, which is really interesting. So you outpace to the play rough. Now, last match you learned that you can tank a play rough pretty easily, but you do get outpaced again, so... Yes. <laughs> Straight noose looks like it was the way to go on this one. Uh, this would be a single resist discharge, but it still knocks out, so you have to shield. Oh, let the earthquake go. Okay. So I know that that Berserker is behind one one Shadow Claw. Yeah, that's, that's tough to come back from, especially when we haven't seen who wins CMP. Like, are they playing to the CMP? No, still not going to no, well, do it. And that would just because that would just potentially be a way to lose the move, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, this is this is looking good for Shady because they have the jelly in the back. Yeah. Well, you do have well, Gliscor is energy dry, so it's pretty much just a sack swap at this point. Yeah. So I I am seeing thunder on there, so I wonder how much thunder does. I mean, you you hope this chaos. Oh no, yeah, problem. <laughs> Yeah, you do get out. You do get outpaced to the shadow ball. That is, oh, but you can tank one pretty well. Oh, they don't get to the next surf. Okay, when they get to thunder. All right. Okay. Well, that was that was a crazier end game than I thought after the jelly lived the thunder. Yeah. Oh, and it looked like they caught the surf, but now it's a race. See, oh no, it doesn't even need to do that because you can just water gun down at that point. Oh, I forgot about Berserker. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. That was a very tricky endgame for Thunder Cypher, but I thought he, I thought the lose con was Jellicent on cast form, but it looked like the cast form was able to do enough damage with Thunder to flip it. Yeah, I wonder if the play was to swap the Berserker when they swapped to Gliscor. I think there was, I think it was the catch. Right. What... Well, and that's that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say is like uh, I think that was the I think that was the only win con for Shady at that point. Gotcha. You know, it's sad, the fact that Berserker is a pure steel type, but only throws resistant moves against Dedane. Yeah. Well, and that's you. You got to leave one of your three coverage types behind, and usually it's Ironhead. Yeah. Uh, so third game, we get Frostlass into Dedenne. Right, that, that's that's what I was talking about. I'm at, yep. the, twi- I'm at the 26 minute mark. I'm yeah, trying to find I'm, where I'm it ca- was. I'm catching up. <laughs> yeah, we have a dead Berserker. <laughs> Definite. And a, a Dedenne mirror. Very, very riveting battles we've got here. Uh, but again, good. I say good, but I mean perfect knowledge of, of energy of their opponent, of knowing when to throw ahead of CMP, because they've avoided it the whole series. Yeah. Especially with, ooh, especially with the the fact that we have not only energy management, but if you've noticed, a lot of the, the moves being thrown aren't really being thrown on alignment, or, yeah, aren't really being thrown on alignment if it can be helped. Because, like, you've got you know, Shadow Claw, Mirror, Thundershock, Mirror, Powder Snows, into Shadow Claw, and then Water Gun, and it's like, really can't not throw on alignment with the, how fast these moves are flying out. Yeah, and the cast form just can't get out in time for the second close combat. 
Oh, now you're ahead of me. Spoilers. That's <laughs> that's rough, honestly. Like, I, I remember I did that on stream. I was like, I think I can burn enough time to where I can just swap. And <laughs> I was like, I think I can burn enough time to where I can just swap out. And that that very much was not the case <sighs> from a Ferrothorn and Polyrath matchup. But then we get the same lead in game four if you're at that point. Eee, now I am. And then we got yeah, same lead, same switch, it looks like. Oh, but now we have our first Medi actually showing up, though, in the back for Shady. Oh. Let's 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 see if it makes a difference. I think that the only way it would make a difference is if it was paired up against the Berserker. But the Dene does have its work cut out for it because it throws. The only move it can throw is Discharge. And that's exactly what we're getting now. Interesting that they opt to go for the Frostlast um, oh. farm down just for extra energy there instead of the Medi. But you're going to lose a shield in the process. Yep. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, obviously we have the information, but oh, it's a Psycho Cut Medi. Psycho Cut and nukes. <laughs> oh, oh goodness. That's why they didn't come in with Medicham. Okay, okay, got the defense drop. Yeah, now it makes now it makes total sense. Like obviously that's not that's not a gimme farm down if, if you don't have counter. <laughs> it just kind of shows, kind of goes to show that Medicham, with how oppressive it is with counter, you could still get away with running the inferior psycho cut, and yeah, they got still be oppressive. <laughs> they, got, they got two psychic debuffs. That's insane. Oh goodness. I mean, yeah, Castform still has this one, but man, talk about... I mean, that was something we didn't talk about at all, was the possibility for Psycho Cut. I... Sometimes I forget that it has that it has that move. I think the only time I faced it was um, in the San Diego group, someone just forgot to TM back to counter, or when they were setting it up, they forgot to do it. Like, I don't think it was <laughs> intentional. All right, and then game five, we're back to Berserker into Dene. Yeah. Oh, but we get yes. the Greeted. Yeah, Greeted! Which, a little surprised to see is Bullet Seed. Well, you know, most trainers run the Bullet Seed if, like... I mean, I personally run Bullet Seed over Tackle if, like, there's a a water user for just, like, such an occasion. But that that's my personal preference. Yeah, it just it just seems like recently most of the metas have have leaned towards the kind of balance damage of tackle over bullet seed but i mean here it's fine like you get to the double crunch into the berserker so i i, I see the utility yeah and at least we got to see a, a move thrown on alignment now with the the three turn fast movement bullet seed oh they they shield actually they get the bullet seed down <laughs> that's why they shield they wanted the bullet seed down i mean it's impressive that they managed that. Okay. Yeah, but, but now that Greedon is so loaded that, well, I mean it's it's spammy, but we'll get to see just like what they can do because they're is it was it worth going down a shield? I mean you got oh I was gonna say for a second you had the alignment you wanted, but I mean with the Mara and Mara to Danny matchup it's still kind of up in the air. Thunder Cipher to Danny still looks like it has an advantage because you had the shield advantage yeah they had to call uh, where the where the fairy move would be okay greedon's still doing work comes back in 
But I wonder how this endgame gets set up then. Or actually, I think I have an idea. You set up the Berserker with shields down and then close combat away. If that is the case, I'm going to riot. No. So, yeah, this, that, this is actually what I wondered about. I wondered if they would go for the thunder. I don't know. This, this feels... Is the now I need to check how much this does, <laughs> because like they had they had two weather balls loaded. So I mean, obviously it will depend by how much XL their cast form is. But uh, I know oh, the Berserker this... is not debuffed. Yeah, it does thirty-seven, or if it's max, it's okay. Yeah, thirty thirty-six percent. So. It would have been it would have been really close. Do they have another? No. So mm, I guess that was the win con. It's just to go for the thunder because they still have to clear Greedent. How much? But Greedent still probably would have outpaced, and it would have had a shield. So I don't I don't think there was a win con. Um, gotcha. It's like yeah, even if you land that thunder, like yeah, the the Greedent is definitely getting to a body slam. So. <laughs> you might as well go for the flashy play, I guess. Fair. Okay. So, yeah, so... the the, the Greta definitely mattered. <laughs> Greta, I, I think we can agree that Greta has been oppressive in any meta that it's allowed in. Yeah. Well, and and this was an interesting series just because like Medi was kind of a presumed point of hyper focus just based on these teams, and I mean. It also makes sense just with all the resists. Like, I mean, the Dene is squishy enough that I don't know if it really counts, but Psycho Cut, that was, that was cool. That, that was really neat, honestly. Okie dokie. You ready to take go to commercial break? Yeah, let's take a break. Okay. All right, y'all. So with that wild and showing that, you know, live matchups are always the best thing because we have data that we can use. <laughs> with our final wrap-ups for our matches up matches taken up done <laughs> we're going to take a quick commercial break but we will be right back after these messages welcome back i hope you enjoyed that commercial break because i know i did i like that we have commercials yeah commercials keep the digital <laughs> lights on <laughs> just just for just for a stretch break yeah. I mean, honestly, sitting in an office chair for a while can definitely hurt. I, that's my job like eight hours out of the day. My only exercise is bike riding the 12 miles. So I'm still sitting. <laughs> but except when you're standing on the pedals. Yeah. Sometimes I'll have my my office desk kind of raise up like at certain hours of the day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm standing up now. Here we go. But we are now going to take this time to announce or to plug our socials, yay. So, we do have a Discord that is free. Anyone can join. Come in, hang out, look at some Pokemon-themed memes, and just have a good time. And then make fun of Taco for missing the simplest things. Or, and this is a fun part, since we're now having team-based PvP start up again in the Battle Frontier, start bantering other teams. We, we I got into it with the Boomers the other day. And then Everyone they... Loves banter, right? Oh, definitely. They they got really, or one of their players is really sad that I jokingly floated an offer, or not jokingly, but like I floated an offer to like this really good PvP player, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 what are you doing?" And I said, "What a team captain does, recruit." And 
now we signed them and they got really upset and they're like at least we don't have to go off and start our own team to be considered good and i was like okay time to go nuclear and taco chose violence again but it's okay i've had i've taken my happy pills and i am no longer choosing violence for the rest of the night but anyway like i said we have a discord come in hang out i promise i don't bite much we have a twitter or an x profile that sounds super suggestive so i'm gonna go back to saying twitter (laughs) (laughs) god elon what are you doing so we do have a Twitter. It is at Dragonair Den. You can follow us for all updates on the podcast, as well as look at some of the updates that we have been taking parts in, especially with the Battle Frontier starting up again in September. I also have a personal Twitter. You can follow me for memes about Pokemon Go, choosing more violence on Twitter, and posting about RuneScape every now and then. With that out of the way... We also have a Patreon where you can join for as little as $1. Joining that will get you secret access to the Discord, including, but not limited to, a secret chat and, you know, meeting us, meet and greets on -on one-on-one, and even being in the recording booth to fact check us in real time. We'd like to thank our patrons, thanks Obama, ZT Smith, and Sotiri. So, Jed, I got a question for you. What up? So... With the announcements of the Play Pokemon Regionals, and there's going to be many more to come before the end of August, I gotta ask, do you have a special location in mind where you would like a Play Pokemon Regional to pop up? Like, it was it was pretty cool to have one in, in San Diego, and, like, just the fact that, you know, we have Comic-Con down here, like, it, it makes sense that the convention center would be used for that, but... Uh, just with with LA already on the docket, I, I don't think it's it's gonna be a thing. So I don't I don't think I have a wish list really. Oh, that's fair. I mean, well, you got one in Northern California, quote unquote Northern California and Southern California for the time being, but I think the West needs some more love. I, yeah, it's already way better than whatever that was like a couple of years ago when the only West Coast one was Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what what kind of bullshit is this? It is an attempt. <laughs> it was like all this Midwest nonsense. Like, okay, all right, okay. Yeah, I saw Texas got, when Texas got the new venue in San Antonio, I'm like, okay, this is nice. The convention center is really good, but definitely the Midwest getting some love and not giving any love to Iowa it kind of irks me a little bit. But, you know, Peoria is kind of there, it's close by. I'm going to complain about it because it's not Des Moines, but I'm not going to rage too much about it. <laughs> I guess the one, like, play Pokemon related uh, thing that I'm still looking forward to is just when they announce what the actual format is going to be for the regionals. Like, if we get Swiss officially, it's like, we got part one of getting moved to championship points, but now the the second part is, you know go from double elimination to swiss i think that they will i'm gonna call it now i think they are gonna make the switch to swiss the before the new season starts mainly because of the fact that you know the biggest probably gripe that i had with the tournament was you're paying 70 dollars if you have an off day or if you get matched up an opponent that reads you like a book or just outplays you 
get double eliminated in round one, essentially you've wasted $70 at the minimum, plus hotel or flight, etc., etc. I think to get people's money's worth, switching it to Swiss so that even if there is like 80 players, that's still six rounds, I think. Yeah, two to the eighth is two, two to the sixth power. Two, four, eight, sixteen. Well, Taka's doing math. I will say <laughs> that I, I appreciate Swiss because then there's less benefit for the players that get the luck of the draw by rounds. Because, I don't know, especially when every matchup can be difficult and <laughs> it feels like some players can just have the super luck of getting like through two or three winners rounds just because they have no opponent that shows up like i don't know like i, I don't love it like I, I would much rather always see players playing to move on <laughs> yeah i was right it was two to the six power <laughs> but yes I 100% agree with that aspect. You know, the buy rounds, especially like at NAIC with like 200 plus players that signed up and like 40 of them got buys. That couldn't have been too much of a good look. But well, hey. And especially in double elimination, like all those players that sign up and then don't show up, like they count double for someone, right? Like that's two freebies that they're giving. Yeah, and so that's something that I think double elimination was fine because like the tournaments were super small back then, but the amount of people showing up to go tournaments getting larger and larger month to month essentially, you know, with maxing out at just over 200 players at Hartford, like they hit the cap. I I or they were close to hitting the cap, which is pretty amazing. So I think you know, we're like I'm going to go back to my Milwaukee thing, my my Milwaukee experience. There was about 7 or 6 or 700 Master League VGC players and they played like 9 or 10 rounds. Master League. You know what I mean? <laughs> Masters division. Yeah. 18 plus. There was a lot of people there and just the fact that like you know the biggest question I got asked when I was there was, how do you play Pokemon Go? Or how strategic is Pokemon Go? And I would say it's like playing, it's like flying, it's like playing chess. It's like flying chess. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like playing 4D chess on a helicopter with in a wind tunnel with the helicopter slowly going or quickly going down and you have to land the thing and you don't know and you may or may not know how to fly a helicopter. And, the, and everyone would be looking at me like, what? I was like, it's essentially a fast paced version of what VGC does, like turned up to a thousand thousand percent speed, but to each their own. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I am, however, saying that like with Go getting super popular, it it's good. Like Swiss is going to be an in in inevitability, which is why the best chances for them to unveil it at the Pittsburgh regional. Yeah, and it's it's definitely proven to be popular enough to invest in more. And you know they they had their trial round. It's it's time to get real. Yeah, it's been a full year. That last year was the first full year for Pokemon Go, if I remember correctly. Cuz I think in 20 in 2022 or 2021-2022 season, they started it like at the second half of the Play Pokemon circuit. Yeah, I call that like the probationary season and then this one was like the first real full season. 
Yeah, so definitely the the strides being made and kind of integrating Go is has just been phenomenal. But, you know, I haven't even asked the, the community engagement question. Do y'all have a favorite region or a place where you would like to see a regional take place? It can be someplace out in the middle of nowhere, like Wyoming or Idaho, or you can say, I want a regional in New York. Actually, I changed my answer. I want a regional in Hawaii. Look, Jet, I, I don't like flying. And I need a Boat for to get to Hawaii. Oh, no. We're stuffing you on the plane. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll get you over this hump. If I didn't go to Hawaii when my cousin was stationed out there, what makes you think I'm going to go to Hawaii for Pokemon? Actually, no. I'm still not going to Hawaii for Pokemon. But there's Corsola. There's also Corsola in my hometown. And Comfey. You son of a gun. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, you just you just need you just need to know where the uh, the motivation is. But yes, Hawaii or Alaska might be an option, but Alaska has to be during like the spring or summer months. Hawaii just just never gets the love. So <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like there's there's a market. There is. There definitely is. So if you have an idea of where you would like a play Pokemon regional to be, of course I'm from North America, so. I'm going to suggest like North America locations by all means tag me on Twitter at me at me here in the discord, you know, tag me in the discord and give me the answer. Even reply to the Spotify portion down there. There's a little section where you can do that. It's really neat. I try to read as long as the answers are quote unquote family friendly or appropriate. I will read them aloud on the air. It would also be really difficult to crash one of Fish's regionals if you don't want to fly. <laughs> Look, we've already, look, Australia and I have an understanding. Australia stays on that side of the world. I stay on this side of the world. Because if I ever went to Australia, I'd have to be in a bubble because everything, because I feel like everything would want to kill me. Even the koalas. Well, especially the koalas. But, I mean, fish makes it work, so it can't be that bad, right? I'm going to say Australians are a different breed, okay? <laughs> they, I, I agree. I agree. Like, like they have they have the skills to survive and thrive in australia whereas i have the skills of a wet noodle and a taco (laughs) i am much happy staying out here in corn country where the only thing i have to worry about is our state bird the mosquito and the flesh-eating bacteria and the zombie deer yeah fun fact we have zombie deer we're having the last of us start in iowa (laughs) (laughs) uh do we have a salsa bar we do. It's it's our favorite one because, yeah, if we couldn't make it more embarrassing for Taco. So you know how I mentioned the Patreon, right? Yeah. So this is where I have to man up and be a big, a big Taco. I finally got the login for it. And I noticed that we had a Patreon, a Patreon since March. I never got the email for it, which made me a little sad. So I go in and I see that there's a person and I'm like, oh, who is this person? And I look at who it was, and it was our very own Thanks Obama, our actual first patron ever, who has been quietly supporting the show, but I've never shouted out, I've never shouted him out, and I felt so embarrassed. Like, I was like, this person has been quietly giving me money and never shouted me out, never, and we never shouted him out, all because I couldn't remember the stupid login. <laughs> I hope I hope we have the keys of the castle a little bit better figured out now oh i I got everything 
I got everything finally reset and I've been slowly making changes. But I wanted to say thanks, Obama. If you're listening, I'm very, very sorry for not shouting you out for the past four months. Five months, actually. And, and you know, we're, we're extra glad that you're here. <laughs> like I said, we appreciate every, honestly, every one of you patrons for giving us money to do this. The kindness of your heart. And I, I never want to make people feel bad about, or I never want to, like, not give thanks to anybody who's been doing this like the support you all give really helps out a lot i've said it i've said it numerous times and i'll continue to say it again personally i didn't think that this podcast was gonna last longer than 10 episodes and then when we got to episode 11 i was like oh my goodness this is a really fun thing to do i love it and so from the bottom of my heart and jet's heart we thank you Unless Jet's going to, like, just say, actually, Taco. <laughs> nah, I was just going to ask, what what was what, what do we have left to talk about? I feel GBL like, progress. I feel like this has been a long one, but I could be making that up. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been that long. It's barely, it hasn't even been 20 minutes of recording. We had, well, yeah, just, just with some of, like, the, the live commentary, I feel like it got a little bit stretched out there. Oh yeah, that was that was episode one. That was two hours. We don't talk about that. Part part one. And part one, yeah. Part one was two hours, but also we had the technical difficulties that will be so brilliantly let edit out by the editor. I'll have to give him extra cookies. But yes, GB it's GBL progress time. <laughs> Fossil Cub is finally ending. Yay. By the time you hear this, it will be time for Little Jungle Cup. BP 500 or less to enter. Fully evolved Pokemon are allowed, though they're going to be incredibly glassy. I'm not sure if you would want to do that, but the option is there. Ducklet is still a force to be reckoned with on PV Poke, which is hilarious. Ducklet is just a staple for Little Cups. At this point, yes. Yes, it is. And I'm glad I have mine built. And my Shadow one built. I don't know which one to use. But well, wh- personally, I'm glad we have a couple more days of fossil just so I don't have to figure out whether I'm playing jungle or ultra yet. Well, I have to find something to stream because I'm still streaming for Pallet Town. Yay! But I hear it's making you play, and you're almost through your 500 wins. It is. It really is. But have you ever noticed that every single cup has had a great league alternative? Yeah, they've they've been a little better about it this time. And so with that Great League alternative, I'm able to play. Now I have to choose between Little Baby Mons or Ultra League. I have Mons for Ultra League. I just, you know, scary. I guess I could... If you you need a way to think about it, pretty much every Little Cup I have used as an excuse to build a Mon that I would eventually, like, level up to Ultra, usually. Um... So if, if you're feeling like you don't want to give up the dust just to use it in a little jungle cup, like try to pick stuff that's going to be useful either to build the rest of the way for great or ultra league. Okay. I'll think about it like that. But this is a long winded way of saying I'm at 442 wins on the season or for the special research. It's a little higher actually, but I have fallen from grace from the the top from the peak of 2610 to 2337 do you do you want to start looking at some of your battles next week yes absolutely so you can you can pull from 
I feel like that could also be some redemption for playing like Little Jungle Cup is we can look at mechanics <laughs> where <laughs> it's it's a little bit easier to to pull apart. I think throwing on alignment definitely is my biggest opportunity for improvement. Uh, did you get to implement what I said in passing last week, I think, when we were talking about making sure to get your fast move in if you have a faster fast move before throwing a charge move? Yes, I have been doing that. That's good. Like, it, it makes a really big difference, just like the amount of energy difference that you can uh, accrue across a game. Yeah, I feel that, so... How's your GBL progress going, Jet? Uh, I made it back up to 2,700. Like, I've just been kind of between 26 and 27 playing fun fossil teams, like, just kind of rotating around. Um, and I built Shadow, Alola, and Sandslash, and it's been doing well. Yay! Yeah, but somewhat hilariously, like, we're at almost exactly the same point on the research. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, so, like, if, if you want, we could even just, like, race through the rest of the research. I'm down. All right. We'll start Thursday. Only because, like, where I'm at tomorrow morning and seeing where we go from there. All right. Well, I'm still going to make that push to Legend because I know that's a project you're working on. And, of course, like, the streaming on Powtown PvP has been wonderful. If you all are looking for a, a streamer, come come. Come listen. Come watch me. I am famous for finding the loose cons, as I like to affectionately point out. But I feel like I'm getting better. And honestly, come out, hang out. We have a great time. Good vibes all around. The leads are never in my favor, but... I was going to say, it's also been fun to see some people kind of trickle in from the Pallet Town stream over to the Dinair Discord. Yeah, I'm really enjoying that one, too. And I will say... We get a little personal on there. The The last stream, I got choked up because I started talking about my, my dog that I love dearly. Rest in peace, Maddie. We love you. We miss you. And the uh, the other puppers are important co-hosts. Yes. If you if you want premium, if you want premium doggy content, come watch. They like to sleep near me. One of them is a giant teddy bear and will literally sleep on me. And then I'll move and they'll wake up like, oh, is it time to go? No sudden move. It is really hard, like, what's it called? It is really hard trying to GBL with a dog on you. I believe it. Oh, and finally, if we have a positive set, I open a Pokemon TCG pack. So if you're interested in Pokemon cards, gotta gotta wait till the end. We've had some nice pulls, though. Like that Vespa Queen the other day. And good positive reinforcement for, you know, getting in those extra wins. Yeah. But I think... Actually, Jet, do you have any project, uh, other projects you're working on besides the the get everyone on the team to legend? I mean, luckily, <clears throat> most of them take care of that on their own. But kind of a, a side project is just because I'm going to be in Canada. Like, I need to put together my list of lucky friends and see if anyone wants to get some trades done while I'm there for a month. Woo! So yeah, that'll be <laughs> that'll be my now that covid is over project (laughs) (laughs) yeah and one thing i do also have to put on our radar is our one year anniversary of making episodes is coming up and i needed an email to tell me that (laughs) (laughs) hey yeah we're we're almost back to september but ye so with all of that being said it is unfortunately time for us to say goodbye and good night 
But always remember, keep your dragon fangs sharp. Frostlass is very overrated. Fairy types are scary. And until next time, we will see you all in our next episode. And our new format, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>